Okay, well, Allie, I, I will say this. Mm-hmm. You know, in the in this episode's credit, I did not draw any anuses in my notes this time around. That's wait. What did you draw? Um. Well, uh, anuses, yeah, but but these are much less detailed. I'm sorry, I was mistaken. <laughs> Little anus. Detailed, much, much, much Less more stylized. De- stylized stylized anuses. Yeah. Fabulous. Welcome to a hard gray's night. I'm Allie Goodman. And I'm McDisco Remix. (laughs) And uh, we are here to talk to you about episode two of season two of Grey's Anatomy. Because we are a hard Grey's night. Yes. Did I not say that? (laughs) Maybe you did. I I was too busy trying to think of a Mick name. I think I said, welcome to a hard Grey's night. I'm Allie Goodman and I'm... (laughs) I think I actually did that. This is like the second week in a row where I've completely missed whether we labeled ourselves. So it's okay. I, I, um, yeah, it's all good. But. Yeah, the reason I call myself, and uh, yeah, before I go into that, um, this yeah, this episode is, <laughs> enough, enough, is enough, enough Enough is Enough, and it is, uh, yes, it's the second episode of season two. It's original air date, October 2nd, 2005, and we got some returning names on the writing and directing credits, uh, written by James Perriott. And directed by Peter Horton. Uh, so we've got, I, yeah. I would also like to just point out that technically this episode is called Enough is Enough. And then in parentheses, it's No More Tears. Uh, however. However, also. However, we will get to that. No, there's also, oh. also, technically the episode is just Enough is Enough. But in some cases, the title is extended that way. That case being, I think, uh, the Netflix where we got it. Watched it from because according according to the Wikipedia, its actual episode title is "Enough is Enough," but it is sometimes extended to that. Ah, but good. and I guess we'll go into this. It is, and this is why I my my name uh, my nickname uh, was McDisco Remix is because this was a the original song was a disco song uh, covered by well written by and or performed by I have no idea who wrote it Barbara Streisand and Donna okay. Summer, uh, and uh, yeah, it was a. Disco song that uh, I almost listened when I, because uh, Allie knew it and I didn't recognize it. Uh, I almost listened to an eight minute extended version of it before catching myself and finding the much shorter four, three minute and 50 second or four minute uh, single version. So I, I just want to say that, that, that this song is, um, it, it, it does, it weaves in my childhood a lot because yeah. we had a Barbra it, Streisand, Best of Barbra Streisand or Bar- yeah, you, Babs you, Does Babs or something. You grew up in a house that was very we listened to this tape in the car a lot. I knew this well, song it's like, really let's well. Let's be honest. You grew up in a, in a family that was both Jewish and theater lovers. Yes. So, you know, Barbara Streisand, you know, kind of came with the territory yeah. in a way that my family, it never really did. I don't think my family had anything against her. But, like, I I mainly grew up knowing Barbara Streisand as the punchline of a joke by, you know, for people who didn't like Barbara Streisand. Mm. You know, like, I mean, I myself was indifferent to her, you know, although I'm not going to lie. There's not much she's done that excites me in life. And to be honest, this sh- this song is not something that I would probably revisit again. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I I don't dislike disco, 
per se. You know, there's several disco songs I quite enjoy, but this song, like, it has like a two minute long intro that's just mm-hmm. maudlin sounding. And yeah, it's like they it's try to take you down. Well, they take you down what I would like to call the Linda Ronstadt. Oh no, area. no, it's no Linda Ronstadt's way more interesting than this. She is, but this is the Barbara Streisand area. It feels mm-hmm. like a shitty, shitty, overblown show tune from a show that closed. You know three weeks after it opened because it was not a good song. It's like the worst torch song to begin it, you know, and then it and then it goes into, frankly, a pretty generic disco song. I mean, this is Donna Summer, the queen of disco. You think you'd be a little you know, I, I just it just doesn't do anything for me. It does nothing. And I, I literally want to see everybody who's roller skating at the roller rink in this song. Yeah, this is definitely this this is a roller rink song. And yeah, this song originally came out in nineteen seventy nine mm. and which is actually Quite literally, my probably my favorite year in music, but not for not for this kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like a year that like there's all sorts of amazing punk, post punk, new wave. There's good reggae. There is good disco that's coming out this year. There's all sorts of great music floating around in 1979. But this is just this is like this feels like just the crassest cash in of this is Barbara Streisand like hitching a ride on the disco star while it's still going on you know and it just it just it just feels it just feels as I feel trashy. like I literally just had an, an, an image of, of, of an animated Barbara Streisand like <laughs> leaping up and hanging on to the more you know star as it oh. goes over and she's like waving as it if everyone could by. see me rubbing <laughs> The bridge, the the bridge of my nose between my thumb and finger, <laughs> while, like, while Allie uh, tells this. Uh, oh my God, Allie, Allie, Allie! I love, you, I love, I love you. I do. Oh, I want to point, you. I want to point that out. Out of all my wives, you are the best. I'm so appreciative you know, of that. Thank and, you. Uh, you know. Shall we get into this? Uh... Yeah. This episode. Yeah. So basically, um, yeah. Like, first of all, I just like the first of all, I, I want to before we go any further, we we didn't mention this also. This fucking episode can't even get the title of the song right. Yeah. The song is called No More Tears, open parenthesis, enough is enough, close parenthesis. The title of this episode is just either enough is enough or enough is enough, open parenthesis, no more tears, close parenthesis. They can't even get the damn song right. I mean, like, it's just... I mean, every now and then they, they they get their medicine wrong. Like, in this episode, they uh, Izzy says the liver's the only organ in the body that regenerates. Right. And... A doc. I, admittedly, maybe she was deciding to omit the skin as an organ, but uh, if the skin didn't regenerate, we'd be screaming, <laughs> weeping messes of sores until we died a horrible death. Uh, only, so maybe she meant the only internal organ. Maybe, but she. But you know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But but I, I'm okay to overlook that. But you, seriously, like a simple cursory Google search of the song title. You know, it, I, I'm waiting for them to have a title, uh, 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 like just this, uh, an episode where they just get the song title flat out wrong and name it like by the chorus of the song. May like they like like we're we're listening and suddenly it's teenage wasteland as they they yeah. call it, or they're like everybody must get stoned or something like yeah. that. Yeah, because uh, they just don't they don't do their research. They don't. They don't. Well, they do, but they don't do enough of it. That's okay. I'm sorry. Just, popular music is the easiest subject in the can world I, to research. That's why so many stupid nerds know a lot about pop music. Can I also point this out? I'm still surprised that we have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I always. Yeah. Okay. Nobody knows. Yeah. I. I'm actually very, like, frankly, I was stunned too because we, like, in my head, I was thinking second season they got rid of this, right? Yeah, I thought so. But I guess not. I'm not sure if maybe in the middle of the season they get rid of it because I feel like we didn't watch that many episodes with that the first time through, like before they got rid of that and just went to like a. Well, 
Yeah, and maybe, you know, when we first, when you first watched it, I had it on DVD, so I may have skipped over it a lot for you. Yeah, you might have. I might have been really smart about that. The opening credits to this show later are very easy because they're not really credits. They just kind of go, they just kind of like, they'll do an opening scene and then it'll cut to like a black screen that says created by Shonda Rhimes, you know, Grey's Anatomy created by Shonda Rhimes or a white screen sometimes depending on the effect they want. And that's it. And you, all you hear is the closing music, the do, 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 whenever the, you know, like when the thing's over. But at this point, it's like we still get this god-awful, I mean, you hear a very bad parody of it in our in our theme, but this, that's been remixed and gone very strange, but, um, but, um, you, like, it's just, it's You still the song and you still see some chick yeah, you curling still her eyelashes. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, it, like, it comes from, like, curling her eyelashes to, like, putting on, like, it's like, well, the whole idea is they're paralleling getting ready for a date and getting ready for surgery. Which is just ridiculous. And they, like, it's just, oh, because this is still, this is when they were still trying to go for, this is a sexy doctor show. Before they realized, again, the main stock and trade of this show is deep human misery and suffering. Right. Both of the characters and of me. Right. You well, they, they they totally had you in mind. I think they did. I think I, ironically, I feel like I am their perfect audience because again, you're an enabler that doesn't that, that you know you're, you're not gonna you're just gonna watch it and have have a great old time. Mm-hmm. Me, I'm gonna feel this. Yes. I'm gonna feel this on a deep gut level of oh God, stop kicking me. And I, the funny thing that I say that in this episode, in what may have probably been the one of the more watchable ones we've done so far, this was not as painfully horrible. Mm-hmm. As some of the others, it's funny that I like. It's funny that I'm going so negative already. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'm just trying to keep my street cred. Could be. But I mean, I, I, I'm not saying I liked this movie. I'm saying that it is. And it's not a movie either. Oh yeah. Sorry. I'm. I've got. I've got. Uh, I've got MMIS in the brain. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I. I mean, I still didn't like this episode, but it was. It was. It had. It had its moments, and it wasn't unbearably terrible right, right. um so we, we kind of open with the, the show like being really proud of itself for getting meredith to say penis a lot which was which is unbearable that is actually this opening scene is, i will give you that. this opening scene is so it's so clear it's like it's it's like we're we're gonna we're pretending to be shocking despite the fact that this this show and aired 20 so years after the snl penis clear. sketch it's so clear that sandra O oh is such a better actor than ellen pompeo at penis. this point Penis, penis, penis. Yeah, she just doesn't. She's just, just like it's just this annoying lispy sing song, and it's just oh God, her voice irritates me too. I, I know. Just, oh, everything about her is she so gets terrible. better as the seasons go on, but she is not my fave right now. Right, and so and but and then and then she they end up going into work, and Derek tries to talk to her, and she's like, nope. And I, I want to point out, like, I'm if I'm not mistaken, the end of the last episode ended with her and Derek kind of having in a good, not a great place, but a decent place. I mean, and like I this, thought one, so too. And like, like this, this, like this is an unearned reset because they're like, I feel like they fucked up, and like they wanted to make sure that there was hope, but they fucked up in the in the pilot, oh not the pilot, the season premiere, and forgot to make it to set it further back on the status quo. So it's it seems like. Well, we see in the previous, in the you know the previously previously on Grey's Anatomy, it says that she right after he says all of the stuff that happened. She says to him, and maybe we both just missed this, but I don't remember it being in there. She says it's not enough, and she leaves, and then she goes to to the. Bar you know, I don't Yang. think I don't remember that either. I don't remember her saying that, but on the previously, you know, on Grey's they, Anatomy, but they do that kind of. That. They do that sometimes. They lie or they put scenes that like they were filmed that they never used because they because they don't have enough to set it up. And but I feel the thing like, is that I. But if I think about it, 
rationally, John, like, and honestly, it could have just been you and I were writing notes or just not paying attention or whatever. Maybe. But here, let me, let me say this because why does she leave Derek's, uh, you know, Airstream Fuckyard to go back to <laughs> We're probably the still bar. laughing at Airstream Fuckyard. I think yard. we might have been. Why, why, why does she do that to go back to the bar with, yeah. Yang. It doesn't make sense that she would leave after that if everything That's was true, okay. But I thought, I, so something, she, either she said that or we get the sense that she said that. Yeah, or they but I, I still it, think, but I still think though, I still think it's like, it's like an unearned reset 100%. I agree. She, she gets madder than she should and like, like I, As I said, in, in this scene, I feel like Meredith is terrible and so is Derek. And it, it, it it's a theme that I think, I, I, point, I, I put it in my notes later, but I'll go ahead and put it out now. One of the running themes of this episode is people who have a point and are still like unbelievable, like just d bags about their point. Well, like they're the, just dickheads. But this is the, but the episode really should have been called "Everyone Has a Point" because everyone does have a point. Yeah, like every everyone in this episode that does this, like everyone in this episode that is like kind of shitty to someone or something, and they have a reason and a point to their kind of shittiness that like is understandable, but still. I feel like their behavior is largely inexcusable throughout the episode, other than, of course, Bailey. I also would like to just point out that Yang is still pregnant. Yeah. Like, it's not even out. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I said, yeah, but but, hold it. Did I miss something? You did. Yang's pregnant. She is. Yang's pregnant. But here's the thing, guys. Like, okay, fine, Yang's pregnant. We have the t-shirt, the hashtag, whatever. But you guys, Yang is still pregnant. I can't tell. This is now my fourth time seeing this grouping yeah. of, of the show yeah. and no, I, I, I get I get I it. felt like this got, t- got taken care of a long time ago yeah it's like the credits I thought this was over maybe we fast forwarded past her scenes <laughs> in the DVD we? but like yeah, no it's she's it, technically still pregnant I, and it, like I get that maybe like there's there's two options yeah. one she's got the slowest developing pregnancy I mean... and they're okay they're okay with like you know like just giving giving that giving that D, the abortion whenever they feel like it or, or that everything in this hospital is literally happening over the course of like four days. Yeah, because they, she has to have had that clinic, you know, scheduled. Yeah, and she, we know she didn't reschedule it. Yeah, what like, the it, f, it's just, dude? Like, it, it's it's it, it becomes like like how long can you milk the Christina is pregnant angle, especially since she's not conflicted over. It'd be one thing if she was conflicted right. over keeping it, right? Because then it would be the, uh, right. But she has never. Never expressed any conflict in this regard, and I don't think she ever will. Right. I, from beginning to end, as far as I know, Christina Yang has never wanted a child. You know, not from, and it, it will be a major plot point later, you know, in, in seasons to come. But, like, I don't get why they're milking the Christina pregnant angle. I don't either. At this point, because it's just, it, it, it doesn't really add anything to the storyline. Well, and it's getting I mean, hard to, to justify it, too. Because, like you said, time-wise, it feels like their shifts are usually 24 hours or, you know, whatever. So, like, how many weeks have we gone Yeah, like, where she's been at work and, and like somewhere not between, gone to yeah, the like, clinic yet? Like, what? I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, it, it, like, she's scheduled it already. This isn't, this isn't something where it's like, I mean, yes, it takes a little time to schedule things like yeah, this. But not, but that not that a lot because no. they understand... That there is a time limit before it does become an ethically gray area whether to perform it. I mean, right. you know, I mean, for some people it's always an ethically gray area, but those people are kind of, uh, you know, not someone I need to talk about right now. It's an issue that this podcast needs to step away we from immediately. We need to walk away from that de- 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 You know, and so, uh, yeah, I guess I guess the next thing is, uh, you okay? <laughs> I'm laughing at the sound of this. I wonder if the mic picked that up. <laughs> 
Y'all, just so you know, I've got my feet on a Pilates ball, <laughs> and I was kind of rolling it, and it made like this weird farty noise. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if that came on the mic, but it, it, it's basically <laughs> just, it's actually, Al, listen, this made Allie laugh harder than, than, than Derek's Airstream Fuckyard made me laugh last week. And it's just a fart noise. That, that just shows you, <laughs> this is what we have to work with here. I'm should, I cut, should I cut this out? Should I, should I edit this no. out so that we actually don't sound like no. gibbering buffoons? Buffoons? I, I tried really hard to not laugh. A buffoon is a guffawing buffoon, by the way. I just invented that word. Copyright I tried, me. I tried really hard not to laugh at that, but then, <laughs> but then I actually thought to myself that my, you might have actually farted, but you were really, really good at like. Sliding. When have I ever? You're like have I ever successfully through. lied? Have I ever successfully lied or? But you were lying. The fact that I you, you have. You, you, you didn't give me your look. Which made me think maybe it didn't happen. You're you like, mean this one? The emoji look. Yeah, the like uh, big-eyed emoji look. That's what I call it. That's the John Walter. I farted. I call it the Muppet. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Okay, wow. So that is a so. weird... Um... <laughs> By the way, thanks for letting them know I fart. I've been, I've been cultivating carefully for at least uh, like 12 years maybe of online presence. The idea that I'm a person who doesn't fart. Wow. Yeah, I've been cultivating that. That's that was my brand. Impressive. Sorry, I that was, you that ruined up. my brand. Yeah, I guess. You I, of course, my brand used to be guy who doesn't watch Grey's Anatomy. So that's true, and that's you know, I guess now. my brand is shot. So anyway, George, uh, George is the uh, the next uh, thing I have mentioned yeah. on my on my notes is George because they, they've got a they've got a big accident that's come in. Yeah. Now this is uh, these patients in this accident are, are going to basically take up this episode. Yeah. They're the ones that really. There's only one other patient who's kind of the side comic relief B plot. Uh, um, yes. character but like it's the, there's been an accident where a guy has mounted the, like flipped the mounted the, the, the median or whatever yeah. and, and gone into the opposing lane there's been a horrible like head on collision one guy's come in who's essentially DOA um, but he's still he's still technically alive there's until they call it yeah yeah they're gonna call it but like but that's that's the one George gets and then there's a the other one is the driver is in very bad shape um, he also has a pre-existing condition of a cirrhotic liver right. that uh, the surgery is basically to repair him is going to cause damage to the liver to the point where, you know, like he's a very high risk. And then there's a wife and a son and his son that are, you know, teenage son, teenage son, like, although he's being clearly played by a guy who's about 24. Yeah. Like all teenagers, <laughs> like you know, like I like if I. Look, but I wanted to put out that it was a son, like a teenager, like yeah, old, he had just he's turned old, eighteen. Yeah, he's eighteen, and the reason I put point that out because you know we have a three year old, so when somebody says they're and yeah, you're right, son, no, no, like yeah, my yeah. brain goes to oh, shit, you're right, yeah, toddler, yeah. You know? So uh, you know, so anyway, the first thing that happens is basically George is peeled off with that patient, the the patient that is going to be DOA and whatever, but he has. You know, he's like, okay, like the paramedics, like, yeah, this guy is pretty much dead. Uh, you know, we've been, we've been, you know, we've been coding. He's been coding forever or whatever. You know, we've been doing, you know, the CPR. And George is like, okay, then, like, why, why am I being given him? And Bailey says, just do it. Like, do what do you, like, do everything to keep him alive. Right. He's like, but he's doomed. It's like she's like, just do it. And the the you know and George George is a cranky little bee about it. Yes, like, he's, he's he's really like normally George is someone who is. 95% sympathetic. Yeah. But he's only like 5% sympathetic this episode. No, he's he a real a cranky one. little yeah. turd this episode, to be honest. He's just, you know, why, why do I have to do my job, Yeah, basically. he's like frustrated that he's got the, the dead he's got guy. The, he's got the dud. He's got, you know, like there's this cool, like there's this cool stuff going on and then, you know, like, like, like saving real lives in his mind. 
And then what he's got to do is basically like struggle his button. And are we going to just do the split ups of uh, patients? Because yeah, we can just follow yeah, this we one can through. follow this one through. Basically, going through this arc, he is with Nurse Olivia. You know who he's had his awkward relationship with. She's given him syphilis and also slept with Alex. Yep. And he's well not... slept with Alex. And, and then, then gave him syphilis. syphilis. Yeah, so yeah let's get cause and effect, right? Yeah, please. Um. So, you know, like so throughout this episode, basically, George keeps trying to get out of uh, taking care of this guy, and Bailey keeps basically telling him, "All right, what else can you do?" Yeah. And like, and what else can you do? And he's like, "Why?" Like, and she's like, why am I asking you to do this? And he can't, he's like, you know, basically he's like to torture me or whatever. Like, I can't remember what he says, but yeah. he's like, she's like, when you come up with, when you, when you figure out why, you know, you know, let me know. Yeah. And so George is stuck with Olivia. It's very awkward. He doesn't want to tell her, you know, like, basically he doesn't want to tell her that he doesn't want to be with her because he's got, you know. Mad feelings for Feelings for Meredith. For but, Gray. You know, like, which, again, this is George's main weakness is that, like, he's head over heels in love with the worst person on earth. Well, Meredith really is terrible. Meredith is terrible. You know, so George is trying to play Ava Braun uh, and be in love with her, with the worst person in the world. Right. And um, so, yeah, George, so, yeah, like, it's just this awkwardness. And George is really bad at being a person when dealing with Olivia. This is... Actually, I will say I kind of like that George is very bad at being a boyfriend. Yeah. And in fact, he's consistently bad at it. Yes. He's bad at being, you know, later he'll be bad at being a husband. Yes. And I think it, because there is like that that idea and it, you know, like people are really starting to confront it a lot lately of the nice guy. Yep. That like, just because you say you're nice and because you're awkward doesn't mean you're actually a nice guy. Right. And I think George is someone who, He's, I think he's well intentioned, but I don't think he understands women. I don't right. think he's, I don't think he's suited for relationships. I don't think he's ready for relationships. I agree. He's, I don't think he's emotionally mature enough for relationships. I agree. And this episode kind of proves it. Like he's got such a fantasy idea of Meredith that it's ruining his chances with Nurse Olivia, who's like at this point, you know, her syphilis is cleared up. Yeah, she's a nice she's, person. She didn't cheat on him. She slept with Alex before. First. You know, she's she should be allowed to have a sex life and do what she chooses. You know. Um, she's actually a really nice person, you know, with like good intentions. And George basically drops her like a hot cake this episode. Oh, he doesn't though. He leaves, he strings her along. Strings her along until she has to finally confront him. Yeah. And he basically ends up like forcing himself to say like that he loves someone else more. Yeah. You know. Which she, what she, and she, she takes literally, it so much she better. She really does. He actually says to her, I like you, just not enough. I mean, which, which is, is really that's horrible. That's a really, yeah, that's a really terrible thing to say to someone. I, like, and uh, yeah, again, this episode, like, and I, I would say, like, I, I, I always think of George as like the nicest guy on the show. Yeah. But yeah, I, I forget he's really bad with dealing with women in a romantic sense. He's yeah. he's a great male friend to women. Yeah. If there's no, if he has no affection, no attraction to them, like he and he and Izzy have a great friendship because they don't really have a right. relationship, and there's no the and. As much as Izzy is the pretty girl that he's friends with, he's already pining after Meredith, so he doesn't have, like, that weird, creepy, I'm just trying to be your friend so I can date you vibe with her. Right. So he treats her like a person. And Izzy just obviously has no attraction for George. Right. You know? Because she likes the bad boys. Yep. Um, actually, that's not true. The guy she likes the very most in, the, in all of the show is not he's a bad boy at all. Not a bad boy at all. Um, but, um, but, yeah, like, like again, it's, just, it's, it's a very, like frustrating uh well, for, not in this show 
Yeah. Well, not <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, but it, it's frustrating with George this episode because he is like, and and it, it's a consistent frustration. Is George is someone, but that he his does life, learn his lesson. In the yeah, show. he does. He learns his lesson and gets better. He's a work in progress yeah. throughout the show with human. Like, it's frustrating how long it takes him to learn certain things, and you know, it's he he is a prime example of like what might have been because mm-hmm. he throws away two definite relationships that could have gone much better yes. for him. And possibly more. You know, I can't remember. But I know at least two times he throws away a perfectly good relationship because of, you know, because of his own, like, insecurities, inadequacies, and or obsessive, like, lust after someone that is both unattainable and not worth attaining. Right. Um, And what's funny is, I don't even mean that because I hate Meredith. Like, that is something that comes up later in the show. Yeah. We'll, we'll go to it later, but, like, it's they are not meant for each other in any capacity. They don't work. Right. You know? Um, so, so so that's kind of the George thing. Let me double check that there's nothing, uh, like, going on in the notes, in my notes that, like, you know, like, yeah, no, no, that, wow, I didn't, take, learns the I didn't take very many notes. He learns the lesson because he, he finally realizes why Bailey t- tells him to do that, which probably Yeah. Oh, yeah, that. yeah, like, oh, yeah, like, so, yeah, because he finally realizes that, like, because they're, like, you know they're they're viewing like and, and it's it, it's filtered through the lens of the 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 main the main arc of this uh, emotional arc of this episode but we'll we'll get to that but the arc is basically you know it's the doctor's job to do everything to save the patient because they're the one who's going to have to tell the, the 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 family we did everything we could right. and if and and we'll we'll go we'll get back to this because George does actually use that lesson to kind of save the day in a way. Yeah, you know, this, I will say this episode is actually pretty tightly constructed. I all the all the side plots except except for the doll guy yeah, that we'll get into, um, kind of all tie together very well thematically. Um, I did like that. The, then we will get to it, but I did like that the doll story. What it did for um, us is it. It broke down. We should probably explain Doll Guy before we get into that. But I just want to say it broke down. Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, preconceptions of people, specifically yeah. Bailey. Yeah. Um, so Doll Guy, let's talk yeah, about. Yeah, let's him. talk about. So, so, so a guy so there's comes in with guy. a bowel obstruction. And 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 uh, I want to point out we had a we had a, we had to actually stop and look this up because Allie was so wrong about who this guy was. <laughs> She thought it was the guy who played the kind of rednecky white power in uh, with the with the biker gang in uh, in Breaking Bad, or the uh, the 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 butcher guy from the second season of Fargo, and I was like, he doesn't look a thing like him other than they're blonde. They have completely different everything. I but, disagreed, but you know, blonde and white, you know, it's basically what makes they. they What's like, he Schillinger's son? I don't think he was. Okay. You know, I was joking about that. Yeah, That's um, okay. Schillinger's son is um, is what's his name? I forget, I forget the actor's name. I'm, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to it's gonna annoy me because he. But so I'm not going to look it up. I'm not going to look it up. But Schillinger's son is uh, someone who's done a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, but um, no, no, this guy's done a lot of stuff though. But like, he's not he's not that guy. Um, uh, but, I don't know um, why you brought that up. Like, just because I wanted to I, wanted, I wanted to gloat over you that I was right and you were wrong. Okay, well, good know. job. I'm gloating on a public forum Which how makes right no I was. Sense, like, <laughs> Hey guys, I was right, saying. she was wrong. No, I know it was nonsense, but I was right and she was wrong. Okay. Uh, so basically, so basically, um, Izzy is thrown into. Ta- it's Izzy, right? Who does what? Who? To look at the guy who swallows things. Was it Izzy who's handed him, or? I think it ends up being Gray actually, because Gray was on with with with. Uh, no, it's Gray. It is Gray. Gray yeah. was on with um, with George. 
on, oh, the, yeah, on with, the DOA guy. And, the, and yeah. then she pulls him away, pulls Gray away to go deal with yeah. the obstruction guy. Remember, she's the yeah, one asking right. all the questions. That's right. It was Gray. Why did I think it was Izzy? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically there's a guy who's swallowed a bunch of stuff. He's got an impacted bowel because of that. They think he's a drug mule. Right. They, sus- they suspect drugs. Oh, they very much. It's beyond suspect. Yeah. Like, Bailey is convinced he's a drug mule. She's like, she's very angry. She's like, you know, one of those condoms breaks, you know, you're going to be dead in seconds, you know, because it's just so much drugs coursing through your, right into your bloodstream. Right. You know, it's going to kill you. And, you know, so she's she's very, you know, like like mad at this guy. And this guy won't talk about what he swallowed. And he's kind of like trying to like, you know not be direct about it right and so they end up they, they end up x-raying him or cting him oh, no x-ray it's an x-ray it's an x-ray they end up x-raying him and he's got 12 different 10 10 10 10 different what appear to be like large you know baggies of drugs in his system and they're like oh well what we got to do is we got to resect that bowel they got to basically pull the entire bowel out run the bowels run the bowel run the bowel yeah that's right they got to pull the entire bowel out of the body and run along it till they find those each of the individual obstructions and they've got to slit the barrel bowel carefully remove that and reseal it you know and obviously it didn't it didn't occur to me till like like one it's easier to run when it's outside but it also didn't occur to me that if you perforate the bowel and don't seal it up completely you're going to infect the body. So yes. that's another reason he's got to be out. And basically they've got to do it immediately, you know, because whatever. So, as, but before they go, um, Alex, Alex looks at like, he, he goes, he look, walks up to him and goes, I'm not sure this is drugs. And they're like, what are you talking about? It's like, one of these has a face. And then they, she turns the light up, the, the, you know, the backlight up as bright as she can. It's the other way around. She actually lowers it. Oh, she lowers it. I'm sorry. Yeah. For contrast. For contrast. Whatever it is. She does. She, she, Bumps up the contrast, and suddenly we get like what looks like the logo at the beginning of House, but it's basically doll head faces. And it turns out, and they call them Judy dolls, which and you know, it's like draw they, your own conclusion. Oh, they're, they're fucking Barbie dolls, and they couldn't get the rights to it, which is really weird. You feel like it would be pretty easy to like because it's. I guess it's Mattel wouldn't want to show people swallowing their the Barbie doll. They're beautiful heads, I guess. Barbies, but man, they were like written as there was, there, Barbie dolls. You, yeah, literally. If you watch this episode and just every time uh, the word Judy was uttered, if there was like a if you if you basically went through and edited in Barbie, you know, like every time the word Judy was said, it would make total sense. It, it would make yeah. total sense. It would not be confusing. So at when all. when they're actually in the surgery with him. Um, Speaking of farting, the dog farted in my face. Awesome. I just want to. I just want to put that out there. This, this is our is most a, fart centric. I love that episode. we're talking about running the bowel and we're talking. And I'm getting gassy, farted on by a tiny, gassy, terrible dog. So in the in the running of the bowel, when they're pulling the heads out, um, all of a sudden, going back to what I was saying about um, preconceived notions of people or, or misconceptions of them, um, you know, Bailey, she doesn't have time for your nonsense ever. Oh yeah, but. Bailey's the one that knows all about the Judy dolls. Every single yeah. one they In pull fact, out. But, well, the funny thing is they're being really condescending about yeah. the Judy dolls. And like, uh, like I think it was Yang, I think, had a problem with them. Being yeah. The unrealistic beauty standards yeah. and whatever. And and Bailey's like, they're dolls. Yeah. Calm down, you yeah. know. And and like it turns out that Bailey Bailey was, a, was or maybe still is. I can't remember how it's phrased. Quite the collector. Yeah. And she's an expert. Expert. 
sperm. As they as they finally run this guy's bowel, uh, she is when they pull out the head, she knows exactly what each one is. Not only what each one is, like but what, what they accessories were wearing. they had, yeah, like, whether she owned it or not. You know, like it was impressive. Like mod mod Judy was my favorite because it came with a little scooter. Yeah. Oh man, I I want a little I want a doll with a little Vespa. <laughs> yeah, it was really mod, funny. Like, it was like. So that was really interesting, and I really liked that because we get we get we get a little dip into Bailey's life, um, you know, outside of the hospital. Yeah, and you uh, know, because you kind of and get what's the funny is and what's funny is Bailey has a point about not like before we find out the dolls, it's dolls when she thinks it's drugs. She has a point about like drug mules being stupid and it being dangerous, but she was being a d bag about it because yeah. she's wrong. So that goes <laughs> into my again, theory, one, you know, another part of her point. You know, you I go. still love her though. Still love oh her. She's God. great. Bailey. 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 You know, and uh, at one point, by the way, someone literally says "enough is enough." And I think I can't remember where it was. It's the it's the it's the sun. The sun, yeah. Okay, that's later. Okay, that we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit because I want to before we go into the sun, I want to like you know like the other thing going through this episode that isn't a major like mm-hmm. surgery or whatever is the appearance of a character. This is the first appearance of a character that will have, play a major part off and on as a supporting role, and that is Burks, not Burks. Chief Weber's wife, yes! Adele. We have an Adele sighting. I'm so happy. I love uh, Adele. So Adele comes in. Adele, by the way, she uh, that's uh, Loretta, Loretta Devine, Devine, which Allie, if you're if you're if you listen to MMIS, uh, you know that Allie has a has a uh, deep abiding affection for her. Uh, but she uh, she basically Adele comes in kind of like a hurricane into uh, into uh, Richard's room. Uh, you know, she's 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 basically found out. That uh, that he had this brain surgery while she was she'd been on vacation by uh, herself by herself well without him without him no by herself but like yeah as in like a separate vacation she yes. was on vacation while he was working and he didn't even tell her you know his wife of you know thirty years or however long it is you know very long time uh, you know like basically twenty five years maybe whatever I don't know. basically that like he didn't tell her he was having brain surgery he didn't tell her he had a tumor he didn't tell her anything. And he said, I, I didn't want to ruin your vacation. And she's like, nonsense, Richard. She's got a very high, soft voice. Mm-hmm. Nonsense, Richard. You, you know, like, and she's, like, she's just giving him, like, so, you know, like, you know. And, and Richard, give, like, and actually, I will say, like, Chief Weber gives a great, uh, James Pickens Jr. gives a great, like, like, read. Like, he does this great eye moment. And he looks over to Derek, who is in the room. And says, you called my wife. And like basically, Derek's like, "You called mine." And yeah. It's like, "Fuck you, old man, for yeah. ruining my life." Yep. You know. Uh, and speaking of, said wife comes in, and I think Allie will be pleased to talk about what. Yes. Here. Yes. So, so um, all of you know about my well, we, yeah. Well, I think we talked about it on. This, We've talked about it before on this podcast. On this show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, because it was Burke. You talked about Burke and, and Yang. Oh right. Okay. So um, George. Let's talk about a coffee cup. Coffee acting. So, coffee acting. Insert so, coffee acting theme here. We should probably have a coffee acting theme. I'm not so, going to do that because that involves editing beyond just making sure the volume levels aren't. So terrible. Addison walks in and she's carrying a coffee cup, and um, I, I would just like to give a little bit of praise to Chicago actors. She's a Chicago actor. I did not know Joan Walsh. Joan Walsh. Kate. Kate Walsh. Jo- Where am I getting Joan Walsh? Joan Walsh is a oh Joan Walsh is a horrible horrible pundit person. Um Sorry. yeah, she's um Chicago, and yeah. um I would like to give her high fives because she obviously knows how to do her object work. Now yeah. I don't know if there was any liquid in her cup, if she insisted or not. 
don't care because it looked like it. She, beha- she it behaved, behaved as though it she was even, a- She even gave a hug with the cup in her hand and gave like that proper way of like tilting. She's like holding yep. the cup and yep. she's hugging and she, she kind of tilts it properly like you instinctively do to make sure you don't spill something I was something so on proud of her. I was like, bam, jabam. She did a yeah. great and job. And again, let, let, let's just go ahead and say it. Kate Walsh, uh, better than almost everyone else on this God, show. Uh, you know, like... I, I, it would if it weren't for the fact that I know that private practice is actually terrible. Private practice. I like, and I mean, actually terrible. Like even most Grey's Anatomy fans would te- would admit that it's not very good. Yeah, but you know, I, I you know, like that is, I, 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 like I wouldn't be so vehement about not doing any other. Uh, you I know. still might. No, have you to watch won't, it. honey. Do you realize we've got this podcast tied up for like a decade? I know, but I still might. No. Have to watch it. You can watch it again all you want. I, again, I, I've never watched. It. I've only watched one episode. Oh, I thought. I never watched Private Practice. I thought you did. Uh-uh. Oh. I still uh, might. Well, you can watch it. You'd have to watch I've seen like maybe two episodes. I don't know. You know, sidebar, I'm going to time out this podcast. I mean, you, you can keep it rolling yeah, keep it, it so rolling. we can air our dirty keep laundry out. rolling. You're always complaining to me that like, you're like, you know, like want to start a new series, but you don't want me to like, you know, you don't want to start something that I might want to watch and blah, blah, blah. You've had, for years now, you've had Private Practice sitting on the back burner. You could have watched it at any time. <laughs> I forgot. Oh my God, you're the worst. You're the Meredith of our relationship. Uh, yeah, I thought that was Sparky. No, no. Sparky's terrible, but he's terrible in kind of a... I'm Burke. <laughs> oh my God, you are. He's Burke. He's totally Burke. Except that unlike Burke, he's, he sticks around well past his welcome. <laughs> you know, man, you don't even know. I'm just here. Just listening oh to God. your podcastings. Yeah, that's our that's our Sparky Podcasting. Um, so... Um, yeah. Um, oh, and, and so basically, oh, the Adele storyline basically is, so Adele's in the hospital and she ends up talking to Burke. Yep. Because she, and she knows everybody, you know, like, because they, you know, like, they've been around forever and like, you know, the chief's been a mentor to most of these people that right. they're talking to, you know. So, but she basically is like, oh, Preston, she comes in like a hurricane saying, you know, like, I hope he, you know, like, I kind of hope, you know, like, he doesn't, you know, like, that this, this convinces him to retire because they haven't, like... They they, they 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 always take separate vacations. They don't spend any right. time together. Their marriage is like, and that's a long running theme. Is the chief Weber's married to his work as well as his wife? Yep. You know, and I mean, but more his work than his wife. Then, the but idea. more, yeah, like, but the work is the real wife. Yeah. Like, you know, like, it, but she she basically turns to Burke and says, you know, you're perfect for this job. You don't have anything that you care about other than this job, which right. of course. Burke is, but that also gives Burke that kick in the teeth because he knows in his heart of hearts, he still loves Christina. He has the yang for the yang. He has a yin for the yang. A yen, yin, yen for, yen the, for the yang. He has a yin for the yang. He has a yen for the yang. I hate you, by the way. I'm amazing I for hate, that. Notice, notice I'm not nearly giving this the same uh, hysterical laughter response of yen certain Airstream fuckyards. Uh, please stop. Please, I beg of you. I beg okay, of you. Okay, so moving I on. beg of you. Oh, and also, during that scene, we see office dog. Office duck. Black office duck. Black office duck. Bloffice duck. Oh, I love office duck. I do too. Um, I'm a fan. And, oh, 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 I forgot, a, I forgot a side thing on the doll body, the doll guy, is at one point, um, at one point, uh, Alex puts up a bunch of, uh, I guess, Judy doll, headless Judy doll bodies. Which were like, where the hell did he get that? Where them? did he get that? He's in the middle of work. There's, how does this office, like, there's like, it's like eight naked Judy doll bodies arranged in like a circular, like, pattern. You know, sitting on the table, sitting on the on the table at lunch outside that where they eat in the early so years random. and never do and never again. Never do again. Later. Uh, never do after season maybe three. Yeah. <laughs> but um, 
Like, where would he have gotten all these naked dolls? Does, does, like, that, that puts me in the mindset, does that mean Alex keeps naked doll bodies in his locker for just such a contingency? Is no, Oh my I, God. Is Alex Batman? I think Alex maybe went up He's to He's prepared the, for everything. I bet he went up to the Peds area and stole all the yeah, cutie dolls. But here, here's a, a little... Jerk. No, no, but here's the thing. We know from future that if he had gone up there... He would have been so immobilized by his love of children <laughs> that he wouldn't have been able to do it. You know, so... The episode's not over. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So now let's go on to the actual meat plot. The meat and potatoes. The meat, the meat and potatoes plot. Uh, the, the, the big old beefy meat plot of this episode, Just which is... Big flaming. The driver of the vehicle that gets in the collision and his wife and his son. Yes. And we basically start with the world's shittiest uh, remake of Rashomon, as in one room, the wife is talking about how the husband, like, it's like he just, like, suddenly, like, it happened. Like, he lost control out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, like everyone was completely surprised. And then in the other room, the son is basically saying he got really angry and started accelerating and we were begging him to slow down. You know, it basically, so they're completely conflicting stories. You know, the wife is claiming like he, like he's just been a very patient, peaceful driver, and he, she doesn't understand how this could have happened. And the and the son is like he's always like this. Right. This is just the this is just the course. who he is. Yeah. You know, and so and and as we've mentioned, his his liver is cirrhotic. Right. It turns out this is due to alcoholism, which is not surprising. But he he case. has quit drinking, yes. and he's on a transplant list. Yes. So he's not. He's not ineligible for transplant. He has he has gotten to that point where you, you know, like if you're if you if you have liver damage due to alcoholism, I'm not sure how long you have to be off the sauce, but you like basically, if you if you if you can complete, I guess, a certain amount of rehab or yeah. whatever, you know, or can verify not drinking for a certain amount of time, you can get on the transplant list. Right. You know, so he is on the list, but you know he's pretty far down the list. Um, probably again due to the fact that his liver damage is self inflicted. Right. More than anything, um, but uh, yeah, it, it, it turns out like the the story is on the son side, and, and they learn, and it's corroborated later. Is he's a violent, abusive man, even without drinking, right? You know, and like, like basically, it's it's their life, is and not and not to him, but to the mother, to the mother. He's always been, but he's watched his mother, yeah, suffer through this. And when doing the investigation, Yang finds bruises on her back. Right. Old and bruises. Old bruises. They're old, but they're greenish when you see them. Like, I'm not a doctor and I could tell those are healing bruises. Yeah. You know, and, and, and she's like trying to say, oh, it must have happened in the accident. And she's like, no, this is, this, this bruise Too is old. like, yeah. like, we, like a week or so at least old. It's, it's old, you know, and like, you know, basically it's, it's obvious that he, the, the husband has been beating her and he's the cause of those bruises, but she doesn't want him like to suffer for it so she's hiding this like she still loves him and you know she sees the decency in him and the son does not and the son is very hurt and angry and angry and most of this episode ends up being about the son's decision whether to donate because it turns out he the liver's gonna fail yep the liver's going to fail it's falling on the table he's on the table he's got about six hours there is and this actually will come up as a final tie, and there is actually a body coming that is from a from a shitty local like that they call a doctor in a box hospital, mm-hmm. you know, where like Wilkinson, the, Wilkinson, which is out in the middle of nowhere. It's not as I tried to check to make sure for poetic irony 
the place where uh, Derek went after he was T-boned. That was but a Dillard. That was Dillard. Dillard for Derek being T-boned. Will it Willard Willard Will Wilkinson Wilkinson for well this is a guy getting harvested so there's a harvest that's going to be coming later uh, in and and also there's a whole bunch of things where Burke is juggling the schedule to try and get people into the ORs but so they've got about six hours from like from like the beginning of this operation to get this guy a liver, a liver or he's going to die. You know, and the and the guy working on the liver, I guess he's the hepa, I guess he's a hepatologist. Um, but cool. like the, the the surgeon, and thank God they actually finally have another specialist that's not involved. Right. But again, I think part of it is so they can have a guy who can be a little cold and dickish. Yep. Because he's basically given up on this guy, and Burke it's is like, like oh. making him. He's like, why bother? This guy's he's not going to make it. You know, like I like, you know, it's like he's like I don't need the practice, Burke, because this guy's obviously an attending. He's not a you yeah. know he's like in his fifties. He's not. You know he doesn't need he doesn't need to learn, but um, so Burke is so Burke basically is trying to get this guy a liver. They but the the body that's being harvested or the liver's already going somewhere else, right? And also I don't even think it matches the blood type because it turns out he has O negative blood, right? Which is a no B negative B negative not O negative. I I meant to say B negative. I'm sorry. I was thinking of typo negative the goth band from the 90s. Yeah, B uh, no, he has B negative blood. Um, and they like you know it's very hard to find a donor. The only match they have is the son. They've already tested him. He's already been counseled about it, and he's still like he's been postponing his decision about whether to donate. Right. But now it's like you have six hours to determine whether or not you want to save the life of this abusive man that you like resent and are angry at. And and Alex sort of hops in as his little mentor. Yeah, and, and well, every, everyone tries to be his mentor in a lot of ways. Like that's that's basically the episode is everyone kind of trying their best to influence his decision, which like, is like what, so which unethical. Is so, so unethical. But they're trying to they're trying to like as like they're they're trying as carefully as they can yeah. to basically be completely unethical and trying to and, and try and determine you know who gets saved for what. Like, and they all have their own reasons why you know like you know so like. Depending on one, all, obviously the doctors who are working on each specific patient really want, like you know, you know, like really want that liver. Um, there's others who are like, you know, like he's a monster. He does, you know, like let him die. You know, like why would why force this guy to do to save right. someone whose life has made his life a living hell? Right. You know, and it's it's that that that's kind of the running through line of the of the episode, and um and the and the and the kid is very very distraught by this because he doesn't know what to do you know because he you know like and again he's already gone through counseling this is like and this is like the shortcut because yeah. otherwise they you know like they, there's a whole you yeah, know it's fine and basically what it is is he can give like half of his liver and his liver a lobe, will, of, his liver. A lobe of his liver or whatever and it'll, it'll grow back as they as as izzy states you know you know so like this is this is something that can be done it just is going to be, but it is something where he really has to, you know, one, it's a major surgery, like regardless of anything, it's still a major procedure. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, like, you know, being asked to donate an organ is across the board, a difficult decision, but he also has to decide, is this person's life worth it? Right. Like, like would it, would the world not be better without him? You know, he is like basically... I mean, he's beating his wife so bad that it's entirely possible and likely that he's going to one day kill her. Mm-hmm. 
You know, it's like it's that level of domestic abuse where it's it's definitely crossing that line between someone who has anger management issues and someone who is a threat. So the son finally is, you know, brings himself to the decision to do it based on stuff that Alex tells him about his life, his father. Alex basically talked. Yeah. And this is where we learn. I mean, we've learned that Alex's family life sucked. But I don't think we've learned, and we've—I think we learned his dad. We learned we learned his dad was a junkie, but we did not learn how his dad left the house. Right. And it turns out what had happened was his dad did used to beat. Did he used to beat him or his mother or something? I don't his dad was, but his dad was violent, violent. When, when he was on drugs, you know. And uh, basically, I think he used to hit Alex. He used to hit Alex, and basically, Alex says, you know, he like got into wrestling. He beat, he beefed up, like bulked up, and then he beat the hell out of his dad. And, you know, said, like, this is never happening again. And when his dad basically got out of the hospital, he took never, off. he took off and never came back. So, uh, and, and, but, and he actually meant, but Alex actually, and this is where you actually do think for most of the episode, you assume Alex is going to basically tell him it's okay to like, let the, yeah. let the guy go. But what Alex ends up saying is, you know, that he actually regrets what he did and wonders, you know, like maybe if. Things couldn't have been fixed better if he'd actually talked to his dad more and like tried, you know. You he know, says, like, not a day goes by that I don't regret it. Yeah, basically, like so. It ends up Alex ends up convincing him in a surprising twist because Izzy Izzy's been basically trying to keep it to get Alex to convince him. Like thinks she thinks Alex is trying to take him away from her, right? Take the surgery away from her and everything. And but well, not try to, but she thinks that the, the dad deserves a chance. Yeah, to the live. dad deserves a chance to live, and and that's also the running thing that Burke keeps saying is you know it's not our job to decide whether or not this person gets to live or die based on who he is and what right. he does all we can do is try to save every life that comes in here right you know it's 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 that's a job for counselors the court psychiatrists and these other people you know we just we just fix and I, that was actually where i just realized like burke did have a point but he comes off as like such a colossal douchebag the way he does he always <laughs> yeah. does yeah well yeah i think yeah that's the true burke consistently is someone who is is basically someone who mostly does the right thing, but he does it in the douchiest way possible. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's like again, I, I I think a lot of times you know I'm a lot more bitter and shitty, but I think this episode was actually fairly compelling. So I have a, I, I, I you know like I don't think it was great television in the sense right. of like it's not super well written, but it, it it is actually a quandary that uh that I you know like I I can't not say that it, it it isn't something that can grip you because it is it is a quandary yeah. of like like is is it worth it to save this life and what ends up again what ends up happening is he does end up donating his liver but he adds conditions right and the condition is basically that he and his mother are getting out of the house and she's going to go to the police and actually tell them the truth about what's going on mm-hmm. and about the, the accident about the accident and everything. that's what i mean like tell them the truth about everything like yeah. about the accident about the way you know the way the way you know like he treats like just basically like you know, like come clean. we got to come clean and we got to get out. You know, I would have added myself a little a, a, a proviso, basically saying, and we need to get into some counseling. Yeah, because they are gonna they're gonna need that therapy <laughs> big time. So yeah, that so that ends up being the case. You know, and so meanwhile to wrap it up because this we kind of need this lesson to you know to get to the the, the George thing. So George has learned the lesson about like you got to say you've tried everything. Right. And so they finally, the body comes in from Wilkinson. Right. And they're basically talking, like, about all the dead things. And they mention his brain stem. Like, oh, he, oh, he no, jumped. He, he, oh, George yeah, George and Olivia are going, this is like Olivia, actually. He, this is when he breaks up with her, yeah. basically. And then, like, 
you know, in like the worst douchiest way possible because George is again not good at being a person when talking with women. And he basically does something like when they're shutting off all the equipment to like you know to like he's just checking checking everything. Yeah, oh yeah, he's just checking, and like it, like the guy jumps up and has a spasm, like like gasp gasp. When they when they're checking the brainstem, they do this thing where they they rub on the chest. Yeah, and that is supposed to be if they have um, um, anything going on in the brainstem, they. I think it's called decerberate. Yeah, something like, like that. that. I can't remember. They will. They... they will decerberate, which means that they will actually respond. Right. Um, Again, it's not like he doesn't get up and be awake. He right. Just, but he has like a gasp of breath and like a spasm body, of movement. His of, body, you know, curls. And so, um, so George is like, because um, he's supposed to be. This guy is supposed to be dead. Yeah. I mean, he's like basically his body, his his brain is gone. Like completely, you know, like his organs are still alive. Like right. that's how they're that's keeping how, him alive. Tip for yeah, harvest, right? They're keeping him alive for harvest, but his brain should be completely right. dead. And he's like, what? And the and and the the team is like, they're anxious yeah, to get. They're cut. anxious to get him. Like and and they and they have a point too. Like there's like six people who are whose lives are going to be affected by this. Yeah. You know, and they're like, there's six people waiting for organs, and you know, they're like, yeah, he's going to be dead by the time we get him to an operating table. Right. It's fine. Don't worry about it. And he's like, uh, you know, and George ends up going to Shepard and asking him about this. Right. And Shepard's like, whoa. And Shepard goes running down, uh, you know, stops them and like says, I need this and that. And, you know, like I'm the head of Neuro. You know, we, we're doing this. And, and, and they're like. They get into a little pissing they get into a, they, Yeah, they get into a pissing match. And like, they're like, you know, like this guy, you know, you're wasting our time. You know, we need this, you know, like you're, you're wasting the time of all these people who need these donations. And uh, basically, uh, Bert comes over and is like, "What's going on?" He's like, "I need this and this and this, and I'm not and I'm not asking. I'm saying this is head of neuro. Yeah, basically, I need this. I need an MRI. I need to uh, yeah. check this the yeah. brainstem here. Right. right. And 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 Burke backs him up. And like again, a lot of the time this episode, there's been kind of this pissing match too between Burke and and Derek, as Derek is resentful as shit that Burke is in charge. Right. You know. But. Burke does back him up, and both Yang and uh, Meredith watch. Right. You know, so they have this little moment where they're both like seeing their their guys being decent people and doing, you know, like and working to save a life, you know, or whatever, you know. So it, basically, anyway, they do the MRI and they find a tumor, mm-hmm. and it is something that basically Derek says, "We take this out, he could live. Right. Like we we could save him." Like, this is not a dead person, mm-hmm. you know? So, basically, George, because they did everything, instead of skipping a step, George ends up saving this guy's life, you know? And, and, and But there's this whole thing of, but... And, and also, Burke has to make that call that, you know, though there are six other people who are awaiting organs anxiously, this is a human being who is not dead. Right. And they can't morally, like, sacrifice his life, even if it does help those other six. Right. You know, so it's that mirroring thing about like you you've got to save the people who are here that you can save. You yep, know? absolutely. And so that's basically how the episode wraps up. And I, I I I you know again I wish I could have been more bitter about this episode, but there's like there's there's not as much dumb shit in this episode. As, I actually like, also have to say I liked that we really didn't we didn't meet the father. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You never see him. You never really see him. You yeah. see him wheeled in. That's it. Yeah. You see, you, like, you see his unconscious body. Yeah. I mean, he's a it. big guy. Yeah. That's all you know. He's like a beefy, uh, you know, like, but he's not like a monster, monstrously, like, bodybuilding guy. He's just a big, beefy, older guy. Right. 
you know, and it's, you know, like probably, I just liked that. probably in his fifties. Cause you know? I thought that was an interesting choice. Cause they could have gone another route where like we, you know, afterwards he and the son have a thing. They don't. No, they don't. There's no, there's no resolve to that. Yeah. Which I liked. Yeah. I, I, Cause uh, honestly, you know, like one of the, one of the things about like when there's abuse and violence in a family is sometimes it's like, it's better. It's best to not confront them directly. It's best right. to get out yes. and get away. Yes. You know, and so I think that was that was a very mature like presentation of what this this kid this kid does not need to see his old man. Right. And on the and on the plus side for him, his old man's probably gonna be uh, you know, like incapacitated even longer than he will. True. You know. Yeah. I just I like that we didn't need that. Because I mean, aside from the fact that he just had liver a liver replacement surgery, yeah. transplant surgery, he also had tons of internal injuries right, from, from this, this crash, crash. You right. know, like so. Yeah, so yeah, this was this episode was weird because I I wouldn't necessarily say it was good, right? But it did, but it was well put together, and it didn't have a weakness to it, and it actually, you know, like thematically, it's like it was a pretty heavy episode. There's yeah. not a lot of like a, the I think the whole Judy doll thing was 100. percent you know, like put in just because they needed to have something to offset the fact that this is a pretty, you know, heavy up. pretty heavy episode. And like, admittedly, Grey's, Grey's Anatomy will keep going for that heavy later. I think this may be one of the better examples of them of how they handled it. Yeah, you know, because it doesn't. It uh, like it. This could easily have come off a lot more heavy-handed and gross. Agreed. The I way, like, I thought good. they actually handled it fairly well. So it's weird for me to say this because, like, I know my job is to hate on the hate on the show, like, with every fiber of my being. I didn't hate this episode. It just it you know it, it 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 wasn't what I would choose to watch. But if every episode of Grey's Anatomy was like this, well, we probably wouldn't have a podcast because it would have just been a kind of all right. This is right. a pretty good show, but I you know I'm not that into it. <laughs> you know, like we 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 literally the the whole bread and butter of this of this podcast is me hating on this while you defend it. You being you being a reluctant uh, drug right exactly. Person. So this was yeah again I wouldn't choose to watch this, but it wasn't terrible. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I'm so, impressed um, with that. Cool. Yeah. So yeah. Um. So thanks for uh. You know, being such awesome loyal fans. We really appreciate it when you yeah. guys listen and when you um check in on our uh Facebook like page, which is Hard Gray's Night. Right. Um, or yeah. Or you know, if you you know, when you, if you follow us on Twitter, you know, at Hard Gray's Night. Uh. You know, feel free to you know, talk to us, ask us questions, whatever. We will respond. Um. Uh, you can. We may respond if you send us an email to yeah. hardgraysnight at gmail.com if we, you know, happen to remember. We are technically found at hardgraysnight.com, although that, again, reroutes to, like, you know, my Squarespace because I, I, I still haven't figured out I, I haven't figured out the, why that domain transfers it's so we never It's because we never took their free domain. Yeah. And we need to do that, and then we right. can just forward it to that. So yeah. we just haven't made that happen yet. Yeah. So uh, we'll just keep talking about how we never made that yeah, happen. Yeah. Like, well, kind of like how we still haven't put up a, a Facebook page for MMIS. Right. Um, but but uh, that's a thing. I think we need to talk to our fans about that if they want a page or a group. So yeah, I think that, we need to ask them. That's the other podcast. I know. Well, hey, you know, you probably listen to both if you're that's listening true. to this. We could have so just put this on the same feed. I think we have a huge amount of overlap. Could but, have. Uh, let us know. So if you, if you listen to this and you do listen to MMIS as well, 
um, let us know if you yeah. you prefer a group. So you have a page for hard grades. You can check that out. And if you don't like the page format and prefer a group format, let us know. We're more than happy to create that for MMIS. Yeah, I don't. I I, I honestly don't know what what from what because I don't really do Facebook that way. I my I use Facebook mainly to figure out which of my high school friends are really 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 obnoxiously racist now. Yeah, that's, um, that's a good way to go. You know, um, and uh, or, or which of my college friends are really 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 obnoxiously pro Hillary Clinton. No. <laughs> you know? All right, we are not getting into any I'm just saying, like my high school friends are obnoxiously pro Trump. My 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 college friends are obnoxiously pro Hillary. You know, it's 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 you know, they're just basically all my friends are obnoxious. You're terrible people. Oh God, you're so awesome. God, it's surprising that you have so you don't have any friends and you sit at home. <laughs> the only the only reason I don't have any friends is because you suck. Yeah, it's all Wait, my fault. They all are terrible. Everyone. So well, anyhow, um, so anyhow, yeah, um, and for, uh, yeah, and hey, rate and review us on the old yes, Tuneerino. By the way, all this context stuff we forgot to do entirely last week. I think. All, oh, we did. We totally forgot it all because yeah, we forgot um, how we ended. I also would like to make sure that um, some of our our fans that have not had some proper shouting outage, uh, shouting outage. I'm good yeah. at that. Um, have it. So um, a couple people, such as uh, Chris, is it Chris Carr? No, Kim Carr. Chris Carr. Chris Carr is actually an author. <laughs> I thought it was a talking car. No. Short for Christopher. Christopher Carr. No. Did, wait. Oh wait. Christopher Chris, Carr did the Arthur's theme. And, uh, and, and No, I'm thinking of uh, the Christopher car, Cross. Christine. Oh, Christopher, Christopher Cross. Cross. No. Kim Carr. Oh no and, no no wait. And I'm thinking of Chris Cross. They Jean, did jump jump. Gene Mays and um, who else listens to? Oh, our, of course our our. Um, Hockey Night CT, who right. uh, is always live tweeting us, which we really appreciate. So I don't, I don't remember what uh, Daniel changed his Twitter handle to. Oh, I don't yeah. Think, I don't think it's D is for Dracula anymore. Oh, man. It's I, probably because I butchered it the last time, which yeah, is so dis for wrong. Dra- it's not Dis for Dracula <laughs> dis anymore. Dis for Dracula. Sorry about that, dude. Man, that was, that was embarrassing right there. Yeah, um, so um, whatever, whatever that is... Uh, Hi. Yeah, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. We love when you guys tweet us or, um, you know, just respond in some capacity because it does make us feel like we're not just talking to each other. Right. Which and uh, and, and, if Peter, and if Peter Lynn decided to listen anymore, I'm sorry that I'm not as miserable on this one. Because I, you know, like I think you, he enjoyed it more when I really hate on, hate really some hate things. On it, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I'm not hating on things. He's got to be a little. He's got to be a little honest. You know. So anyhow, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, this is a hard gray's night. Signing off. Adios. Oh, by the way, it's that darn skull, and it's not adios. It's uh, it's at that darn skull is uh, is D- is Daniel's uh, new oh. thing, and also not adios. Kiss off. Boop.